I want you to stand this morning because I've got a message this morning that it, 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 it's Christmassy, but I don't know if I've, I've ever, well, you'll see. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and we're going to read through verse 25. I want you to join me if you can. If you can stand, that's good. If you can't, stand in your heart. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. His mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. He needs to hear his name this morning. Now let's do it again. Jesus. You just say Jesus and all darkness and all the devils cringe. Because he is all powerful. He is all authority. And you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded, commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, for all, all of creation, all of us, all of our friends, all of our family. We thank you, Lord, for all of it. But most of all, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for putting on flesh, coming to this earth to show us how and teaching us your plans are perfect, and we hold tight to that, and we pray today, Lord, that we give you glory, and we thank you for it, and all the church says, amen. You can be seated. The father's son. I got a son. I got a daughter. And I love them more than anything, except sweetie. Except Jesus. But it's in that order. And I love all of you. And I love you as if you were my own. But I'm going to tell you now, there's a special place for my wife and for my children. I hope you understand that. I hope that's okay with you. And I hope in your home you have that also. You love your babies. Your babies make you want to shoot them sometimes, don't they? Am I right? Well, yeah, shoot them or get a hold of them. See, Bobby, he's got a little one over here, can't even talk yet. And he just raised his hand, ain't had him but just a year. And he's got another one coming Wednesday. <laughs> if you grow your hair out, it'll be going all kinds of different ways in a, in a few months. 
But I'm going to tell you now, sir, you, you cherish every moment. Every moment you cherish it. Because you, sir, are determining how them babies are going to turn out. You do realize they're a gift from God. Everybody in here got a, got a child, they're a gift from God. Put into our charge to take care of them, to teach them who the Lord is. And I don't even have a clock up there, so somebody about a quarter till, ten till, stand up and say, wrap it up. Don't spend all your time looking at the watch. You need to pay attention this morning, but let me know because I don't have a clock. I've got a wreath. And right now it's about 25 after, ain't it? Am I right on that? Is that pretty close? 22 till. I better talk fast. The apple doesn't fall from the tree. Fall far from the tree. You ever heard that? Our babies, we know them. Why? We know them because of, number one, DNA. You want to know if that's your baby? Then you can go have a DNA test. You'll find out that that's your baby. If you look closely enough, you'll find out that the children have the traits of the parents. Right? Everybody's house is a little bit different. We nurture our babies. We grow them. We try to help them go. But the biggest influence that they'll ever have, other than coming to the Lord and getting into the Word, is mom and dad. They, they get it from them. They will mimic us from the time they are born. They're little sponges. They suck up everything. When they're coming to church, they're seeing church. Now, I pray that they're seeing that we're worshiping the Lord Jesus and not going through a bunch of rituals and things like that. I pray that they're learning how to worship the Lord purely. And, and they mimic us. They walk like us. They have, you know, have you ever seen somebody and you say, boy, you know, that's that guy's son or daughter. They're just like them. And we hear that. They get their views from us. As a matter of fact, prejudices actually come from inside the home. I'm going to say that again. Prejudices come from inside the home. No matter what that prejudice may be, it may be against the people, a race of people. But that prejudice comes from inside the home. That's where they learn it from. It comes from our community. I mean, we can go back and we're not going to open up that can of worms, but we know that prejudices, uh, they happen. They go through generations because babies are always observing, and that's how they end up like mom and dad. If you don't like how your children's turning out, look at yourself because it's probably something they learned from you. But when God sent his son, he chose who his mom and dad were. Did you know that? It wasn't by chance. It wasn't by chance that it was Joseph and Mary. It was God made this choice. He didn't do it the way the world sees it. The world says, well, he has to come from good stock. He's got to come from a family that's got money, has good standing in the community. But that's not how he saw it. Uh, he would have been born in the best hospital in the world at the time. But no, that's not how God saw it. He was born in a barn. Because that's how God saw it. He chose who his parents was. And God said, these are the people that's going to raise you. And he had to have parents. Let's think about this for a minute. The baby Jesus came out. He was a baby. He couldn't care for himself. He couldn't clean himself. He couldn't make his own food. He couldn't walk to wherever he needed to go. And when he was brand new, he couldn't even pick up a bottle of milk. He had to have a mother to nurture him. Nurture him. And that's, that's, he had to have that. He wasn't some kind of super child like we think he's, Jesus is super. Let me, let me tell you that. There ain't nothing in this world that can knock him down. There ain't nothing he can't handle. You can go to him with everything that you have. 
But when he was a baby, he wasn't a super child. He was just a basic baby. He was just like us. And so even when he got old enough to minister, when he was 30 years old, people looked at him and said, how does this guy understand all this? This is a carpenter's son. I've seen him building tables and chairs. How does he understand and open up the word? How does he speak with such authority? But that's who Jesus is. That's exactly who he is. He had an earthly mother. We don't pray to her, by the way, like some do. I thank God that we can go to God right now through Jesus Christ. That's it. I ain't got to go through some minister. I ain't got to go through some priest. And I ain't got to be talking to Mary because Mary, even though she was highly favored of God, you don't have to call on Mary and say, you know, speak a good word to your son for me. It's not like that. That's not how it is. No, we worship him in spirit and truth as we just said this morning. But we, 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 don't have, we have a hard time understanding some things about Jesus. When Jesus fell down as a kid, he got hurt. He skinned his knee, he cried. When somebody said something bad to him or rejected him, I'm sure he hurt emotionally just like we do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever been hurt emotionally? Somebody says something, just crushed you? That's how he was. He, he went through all of these things. It's hard for us to understand that he's the son of God. But we take it by faith. That's it, period. By faith. By believing the word of God, by faith he is the son of God. So let's look at this for a minute. His mother Mary is something special. God chose her. He didn't choose anybody else. He chose Mary. And why did he choose her? Because of faith. She actually believed the impossible. You remember right over in Luke chapter 1, I think it is, it, it, he comes to her and, and she's like, who are you? She's getting a little bit scared. He says, don't be afraid. You've been highly favored by God. You've been chosen and you're going to have a baby and that baby you're going to have is going to come by the Holy Ghost. That's how this is going to happen. He's going to come into this world. He's going to save his people from their sins. That's what he told her. And you've been chosen to do this. And she turns around and she says, but how is this that I have never known a man? Uh, let me help you out with that because we, we can't get too... She'd never slept with a man before. She knew she was a virgin. God knew it. And yet, she went on, and he went on telling her about this, and then at the very end of that little piece of scripture there, she says, you know what? And I'm ad libbing for you. She says, you know what? I'm the Lord's servant. It will be to me as you say. She was okay with that. He even told her, he said, you, even your cousin Elizabeth, she's beyond the age of having babies. I don't know if he did that to prove a point or what, but she's pregnant. And we know that after that, she went to visit her. Now, did she know before that? I don't know. But she went to see her the very next, very next day. She got up with haste and went, and she went to see her. And she had, a, she had a baby growing her. She was six months pregnant. But before she went to see that, before she had to see some kind of proof, she took by faith what the angel told her and says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be yours. You're going to do this. But what about this fellow by the name of Joseph? We, we don't hear a whole lot about him. But I want you to think in your mind whenever you were a daddy or maybe you're a daddy now and, and think about this. It's just like when we raise kids today. 
Of course, we don't have all the stuff that we have, but sin is sin. It's been around. It's been around. But he would raise this child. He would walk with him hand in hand. Maybe he would, when mama wasn't feeling so good, he'd take care of the baby and, and, and change his diaper and, and, and get the baby and put him, put him in his crib or in his cradle, maybe rock him. Uh, he did all these things. I mean, Brother Gary's back here feeding the baby now. Look at that. Grandbaby. And boy, he's taking it in. You see what I'm talking about? This is how Joseph was. This is the kind of man that he was. But here's the other side of that coin. Jesus was a baby just like you and I were. And he watched him. He was able to see something that was going on. He was able to understand how his daddy thought. He learned his daddy's trade, who was a carpenter. Jesus was a carpenter. He learned all these things. And you've got to understand, God chose who his parents would be. That's exactly how God wanted it done. We don't understand all of it. God didn't say, you know, I'm going to bring you from a doctor's family, a rich family, a family with a good name. We're not going to come from royalty. We're not going to do all these things. He said, you know what? I'm choosing you. Why did God choose him? What made Joseph so special? He was betrothed to Mary. Let me explain something to you. When he was betrothed to Mary, it ain't like it is today. A boy and a girl gets together today. And by the way, it is supposed to be a boy and a girl. That's it. He's and she's get together. No he's and he's, no she's and she's. It's he's and she's. They get together. When a boy and a girl gets together and, you know, he saves up all of his money and he just, you know, he does without food. He gets skinny and all this and he goes and he buys this ring. He gets engaged with the girl. What happens? Exclusive. But if either one of them decides, you know what, I don't think I want to do this. I don't think I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Oh, by the way, that's how it's supposed to be the rest of your life. He says, I don't think I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And then all he's got to do is he's got to say, well, you know what? I'm out of here. We're not getting married. A lot of times she'll give the ring back. Sometimes she won't. Usually becomes a source of tension. But back in then, whenever they, you notice the scripture we read this morning, even after they were true, said that he was her husband and she was his wife. See, back then, whenever you were put together, whenever you made that commitment, when that came about and you were betrothed, it was just as good as married. They hadn't consummated the marriage yet, but they were married. They hadn't slept together yet. They hadn't been in the same house together. They were married. And I want you to see this. I want you to look at this picture here. Here is Joseph. He is supposed to be married to Mary. They're betrothed. It's a done deal. The only way that he could undo the deal was to divorce her. You understand that? And here's Mary. She's walking around. She gets five or six months down the road. She starts getting a little belly. And then it gets bigger. And they notice she ain't getting big anywhere else but right here. Wait a minute. This girl's pregnant. Think about it. Think about it. People talk like Ben, not like they do now. Think about it. Think about what was going on. Here she is, pregnant. Can you imagine the talking that was going on? Can you imagine the people looking and saying, Oh, Mary, I thought she was all that, but you know something? I guess she ain't. I guess maybe she, um, 
She plays church, but you know something? She's got a baby growing inside of her. You know, what a thing. Can you imagine what was going on in Joseph's mind? Can you imagine his buddies coming up and saying, you know, she cheated on you, buddy. You ain't been with her? No, I ain't been with her. Well, she cheated on you. You know, his parents probably came up and said, you know, I never liked her anyway. How often do we see parents and in-laws that are very close? Come on, do we? Not very. Not very often do we see that. Most of the time, whenever she messes up with the boy, he goes and tells mom and daddy, and mom and daddy, they say, well, I didn't like her anyway. Or vice versa, put the shoe on the other foot, that works too. But she cheated on you. Can you imagine what he was thinking, what was going through his mind? She's cheated on me. Mary, who have you been? I ain't been with nobody. How is it that you're pregnant then? How did this happen? People had to be talking about them. They had to be wondering what was going on. Can you imagine if he loved her just how crushed he was? Think about it. Think about your wife or your husband and you find out that tomorrow they've been cheating on you. Think about how crushed you would be. But there's something special about Joseph. You understand that according to the Bible, the only way that he could get rid of her was to divorce her, and to do that, it was publicly. It says in the Bible, he chose, he said, I think I'm going to do this, and I want to do it privately. You see, according to the Bible, it was supposed to be out in the town square. It was supposed to be in front of everybody. He was supposed to go out and say, you know what, Mary? You low down dirty. You're, not, you're good for nothing. You've been sleeping around on me. You're pregnant, and now I divorce you. And it became public. It was humiliation for her. That's what it would have been. But he loved her enough. There was something there that he loved her enough that he wanted to do it privately. That's why the Bible tells us that. He wanted to do it privately. He loved her so much. He didn't want to make a spectacle of her. He didn't want to put her out and make her an outcast in society. You know, she was guilty of fornication is what everybody thought. Do you understand what fornication is? Fornication is whenever you have sex outside of marriage. By the way, you can be forgiven for that. But you've got to repent. Adultery is whenever you're married to somebody and you have sex with somebody else. That's adultery. Both of which could get you stoned. Read back into the Old Testament. That's what was supposed to come past. This stuff was supposed to happen. But Joseph, he didn't want that to happen. He had every right to divorce her, but he chose not to. Because he loved her. And we need to remember that when we see someone else sin, we need to remember that by the grace of God, there go I. Not to be looking to shoot everybody down. Not to be looking for everybody to mess up. Not to be throwing all these stones and doing all these things. We need to remember that. And he is a good example. Why was he such a good example? Because he believed in God. He trusted in God. And we also know that later on, the angel came to him and said, By the way, she ain't been with nobody. This is God's doing. And he believed it. Can you imagine if somebody said that today? I mean, Jesus ain't coming again that way. Nobody else is coming that way, so it ain't never going to happen. But what if it did? What if it was happening that Jesus hadn't come yet, and you were hearing it today and said, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant, but I ain't been with nobody. Would we believe it? No, we wouldn't believe it. Would we talk about it? Of course we would. Haven't you heard the talk before? Oh, I thought they were all that. Oh, they go to church every week. 
They're always there. I guess we know now they ain't all that. We've all heard that, ain't we? Have we heard it? Some of us may have actually used it. I know all about it. I know very well about how that stuff goes. You see, I was born out of wedlock. And I heard, I heard that kind of talk. It came from the people of town, and it came from the church people of town. Oh, yeah, they wanted to talk about it. I've heard people use words and call my mother a whore. I've heard those things in my own little ears when I was a little baby. I've heard that kind of talk because that's how people think. We always hold on to those kinds of things, but yet here this talk is going on, and Joseph, he says, you know what? I don't want to do this this way. And once he hears from God, he says, I'm going to go ahead and marry her. And we've all heard those kinds of things. We always put people up on a spiritual yardstick, don't we? We decide who gets to come through the doors here and there. And we hold the spiritual yardstick up and say, oh, do they measure up or not? Do they, are, are they going to fit or are they not going to fit? You know, I'm going to tell you now, if they're lost, they ain't going to fit. But when they get to meet Jesus, the baby who came so that we could be saved, they now will fit. Amen. Let's praise God for that. Give him some praise right now. Every one of us has been down that road. Every one of us understands that. It's always, it's always, wondered, it's always made me wonder how is it they're too bad to come and sit in church with you, but they're not bad enough to work beside of and make money? Think about that. But you see, Joseph, he practiced something that the Bible teaches. Mercy. You understand what mercy is? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. That's what this is all about. That's why we're worshiping Jesus today. That's why we're serving him. You see, Jesus saw this in his earthly father, and he also saw it in his heavenly father. And that's how he became, he had a double dose of mercy. And that's how he can choose. He can say, I choose you today. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what's been going on in your life. I choose you today. Come and walk with me. And he may choose to make you an evangelist that's going to reach people in the world and have a ministry that's going to be out of this world. Everybody's going to know the name, but I promise you this, if that ever happens to you, no matter where you are, always make sure he gets the glory. It's not about us, it's about him. It's all about him. Ephesians 2 and 4 says that God is rich in mercy. He has wisdom, he has knowledge, but he's rich in mercy. And that's important to you and me, it. How many mercy today? Let me see your hands. Do you need some mercy from God today? And friend, if you don't see that you need mercy, you really need mercy. We need, we need to know what it's all about. And you can reject God. We may give an altar call here in a minute. Maybe the Holy Spirit's talking on your heart. You can reject him today. I did. I rejected him a whole lot of times. But then again, at some other time, you might be able to come back to him. But I'm going to tell you, don't wait till it's too late because once you're dead... There is no more chances. You don't have any more chances to be saved. It has to happen while you're alive and breathing. It has to happen while you're making that decision. But God is rich in mercy. Do you know any people that's rich in mercy? Do you know anybody that is willing to forgive and forget at all costs, no matter what, and are so willing to give mercy? Do you? Most of us have our little crowds. You know, you can't do anything wrong with them. Oh, they'll forgive you. But that if you've got this guy over here, you don't like him, you just can't wait for him to mess up so that we can have, I don't have to be around him. I don't have to have this. And that's happening, folks, in families today. Why? Because we need Jesus. 
Why? Because we need mercy. We need to be just like our Heavenly Father. Most of us have our little black books, don't we? We know the names. We know the dates. We know the events that somebody has wronged us or hurt us, don't we? I'll raise my hand. We know. And we want to take that to the bank. Has anybody in here never been hurt by somebody? Has everybody in here been hurt by somebody? Somewhere along in your life has somebody hurt you. They've said something. They've done something to hurt you. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here, and please don't take it the wrong way, but it has absolutely nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with where you are with Jesus. What you do with that hurt determines it's where you are with Jesus. That's what it's all about. How many of us can say, do exactly what you just said, forget about it? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Micah says that God delights in mercy. He actually delights in giving mercy. If we lived in a world today where people delighted in giving mercy, what kind of world would we live in today? That's why Jesus came, and, and, and he showed us that. The greatest thing of all, the greatest exposition of mercy was him coming from heaven, being born, and going through this life, and going to the cross, and dying for us, and raising from the dead, so that we could be just like him, so that we could have salvation. That's the greatest one. You know, God could look at every one of us and say, you know, he don't look at us. He don't, he don't say, well, you know what, I've had it with you. You've gone way too far. You've gone to the point of no return. I cannot forgive you. I will not forgive you. Have you ever seen people like that? They usually look like this. They're happy with nothing. You see, mercy, was that a good face or not? Mercy will save you from being eaten up by a cancer. Unforgiveness and bitterness and all these things that come in. But God says, I want to give you this mercy. And God delights in giving mercy. We come to him and he says, you know what? That's okay. You came to me. This is how we're going to do it. I forget about it. Don't worry about it. I forget about it. Cast, us, cast the sin as far as Jesus is from the west. Could never be remembered against us anymore. That's why Jesus came. If you're sitting here today and the devil's reminding you of something happened when you was 18 years old or 12 years old or 40 years old, regardless of how old you are, wherever it is and the devil's reminding you of it, let him know that you know a Savior and his name is Jesus Christ and he came to this world that you could be saved. If you will confess your sins, he is just and faithful to forgive them. That means that tomorrow, and the Bible also tells us that his mercies are new every day. Every single day. Yesterday's gone. Today's the day. If we wake up tomorrow, tomorrow's a new day, and he has new mercies for tomorrow. Amen? Oh, can't we be happy about that? Can't we give him glory about that? He has mercy. He has mercy. And he learned it from Joseph. Joseph had every right to put Mary away. This is not a normal Christmas story, though, is it? That I'm preaching this morning. The Bible tells us mercy every day. I'm 53 years old, and the older I get, I think God's doing this because, you know, i got my babies back there, and I love them. Have they done everything that I think they should be doing? No. They're still alive. I never killed them. 
But I can't be mad at them forever. I can't be mad at Sweetie forever if we have our off day. No, we got to give each other mercy. Amen? Don't we got to give each other mercy? Pete, Bob, don't we got to give each other mercy? You got to give me mercy. I got to give you mercy. And you want to know something? When you come into Christmas this year, if you don't have that mercy, it'll ruin your Christmas. How many people will not go to someone's house this year because they have a problem giving or receiving mercy? You know, we talked about this in the Beatitudes a few weeks back. The more you got, the more you give. If you ain't got it to give, you ain't even got it. Do you understand that, church? Mercy. Mercy. Jesus ate with the sinners, and what did they say? They came and talked about him. You're eating with these people. These are thieves. These people are, are taking people, and they're taking their money. They're doing all this. They're going against them. you got these hookers and whores over here. You're eating with them. Jesus said, I didn't come. I didn't come just to look out for you guys. I came to save the lost. I came to save the lost, and you know what? They're going to get to know who I am because I'm going to break bread with them. I'm going to introduce them to the Heavenly Father. And that's what you and I should be doing. You see, if we got mercy, see, when you love somebody, you want to delight and you want to give mercy. Amen. Give them another chance. Give them another chance. Give them another chance. Give them another chance. That's who this Jesus is that we know. Do you want to be like Jesus? Do you want to be like Joseph? Do you want to be like God? Then have mercy. One more thing and then I'm going to be finished with what I want to tell you this morning. You remember there was a servant and he went to the master. I'm going to ad lib it. And he says... I know I owe you, let's put it in today's terms, I know I owe you like $250,000 and I just lost my job. I don't have it. Times are tough. Sickness has come on the family. You know how doctor's bills are and I, I, need, I need forgiveness of this. I, I, need, I need it. And the master says, you want to know something? I'm going to have mercy on you. It's gone. You don't owe me a payment later on. No, you can't pay it. You don't owe me anything. I'm letting this debt go. I'm letting this debt go. I'm not holding it against you. And he goes outside. He's all happy. He's joyful. I've got this. This is a picture of the church, folks. I've got this, boy. I am set free. I, I'm good to go. But then you walk outside and you see some dude that owes you $50. And you just start hounding him. You owe me 50 bucks. When are you going to give me my 50 bucks? Then we have an agreement. You're going to give me my 50 bucks back by Christmas. I got to buy my kids presents. Didn't I tell you that? Didn't you say that that would be fine if I lent you this money? And the people went back and told the master. And you know what he called him? A wicked and evil servant. Folks, you're sitting in church today. If you're saved today, it's all because of mercy. If you've been given mercy, you've got to give mercy. He called him a wicked servant. And don't we see that so much today? People will hold stuff against each other. We may even have people sitting in this church right now that don't even like speaking to one another. How is that? 
Or maybe we've got people that go to church down the road. We're friends with them, but you know what? We don't want to have anything to do with them. Well, you don't know what they did. You, they hurt me so bad. You don't understand what they said. You don't understand what they've done to me. Can you understand what we've done to God? Can you understand why Jesus came? He came, and that's what Christmas is about. I pray today that each and every one of us will be able to sit around our Christmas table and on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, whenever it is that you, that you celebrate, and I pray that you can be able to thank God for every mercy. I look back on my life and realize just how much mercy He has given me. How many times He knocked on my heart's door since I've been saved. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How much mercy he's given me. He's even given me the word and I either didn't understand it or I didn't want to hear it. Or, oh my goodness, I may have missed church that day when it was preached. Maybe I had to work. Maybe I just chose not to go. But he put it out there and he put it in the word. And all we got to do is read the word. All we got to do is get it inside of us. Do you want to be like the Lord today? This is Christmas time. Jesus, the baby in the manger. The baby in the manger. I've thought about Joseph so much. And that's the one thing. It's like, why is he even in there? God could have not put that in there. He could have if he wanted. We'd have been okay. We buy it by faith, right? Don't we believe it by faith? We believe all this by faith. All of the Word of God, we believe it by faith. But he did. And he did it for a reason. Showing us how the family works. Showing us how a man who had all of his friends standing around saying, you know what, you need to put her away, buddy. Do it publicly. Rub her name in the dirt so that nobody will ever see her again, look at her again. But God talked to him. Do you want to be like Joseph? Do you want to be like Jesus? Are you sitting here today and you're having a hard time Showing mercy. If you do, I'm going to put you on the spot because humility is good for the heart. If this message has meant something to you, I don't know how it's went over. I don't know. I, I see you chewing or something, sleeping or something. But if you need mercy, all over this auditorium this morning, if you need mercy, stand to your feet. If you need mercy so that you can give that mercy away, what a better time than Christmas to do it and start the New Year off. The best New Year's resolution you'll ever have is being reunited with a brother or sister in Christ. I don't care what they've done. I don't care what's going on. Are you able to do that? And the answer is, is if you got Jesus and you receive what he's given you, absolutely you can. It's a choice. All over this place this morning, everybody's standing. If you want to come to this altar, you can, Brother George. You got some music to play? Let mercy rule this season. And if mercy gets to rule this season, it will rule tomorrow. And it will rule the next day. And it will rule the next day. And the next day. And the next day. You see how it goes? At some point, we get to where we delight in giving mercy, just like God. Jesus coming to this earth was the ultimate show of mercy. For a mankind that God created and loved so much, 
that didn't want anything to do with him. He said, I'm going to make a way anyway.